0: God save us tonight. Uh, we will to apologise to any uh, pregnant people listening. That's uh, was well, a bit of a scary one. That's uh, this is going to hurt. Uh, it's every Tuesday at nine pm on BBC One. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again, and this is uh, based on the book by Adam K, who we had on the show uh, quite some time ago, uh, and a uh, very nice fella he was too,
1: and very rich fellow. Yeah, yeah, now he must be. Yeah, because the book sold. Yeah, the, the most recent sales figures I could find were one point five million copies by. Two thousand and nine, and I can imagine the release of the TV show in the UK and in the US because it's a co-production with AMC, so it streams over there. Ah. Will only but uh, add a few more zeros to his bank balance, um, and he he is uh, so obviously he was this uh, uh, obstetrician gynaecologist doctor. I'm never quite sure, even though I live with a doctor. Um, I'm not, you know the, the sort of ranks and nomenclature of doctor. I think post- he was a junior doctor. Yes, yeah, uh, 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 aspirant registrar is what I mean. Yeah to go with Um, and basically uh, he you know he he gave it up after finding it incredibly stressful doing it I think for six years maybe and then turned to comedy and had been writing comedy or writing his own sort of diaries in the meantime and Hmm. that became this publishing sensation but this is very much his show because he is billed as the creator and the writer he's not the director of the episodes but Ben Wieshaw most recently seen I guess as Q in the Daniel Craig Bond era plays him I mean he plays Adam Kay and I haven't read the book so I can't say how closely it sticks to the plot of that but I will say for an opening episode I found it really 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 enjoyable so I made the doctor in my life sit down beside me and (laughs) watch it with me and kept asking him all these okay. questions while it was going on to sort of test its verisimilitude and uh, he he could confirm that this was uh, having delivered the odd baby himself he could confirm that uh, he, everything that we saw was very much true to life if not exactly like a real scenario and certainly uh, within the first moments of the opening episode where Adam wakes up in his car having spent the night having fallen asleep in his vehicle and then stumbles upon a woman uh, I guess, in labour with an arm hanging out and this is seen from, you know, he sort of takes a peek and we see this baby arm <laughs> just, just right. hanging limply. Uh, it, 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 it made the doctor beside me explode with laughter and sort of surprise and shock and mm-hmm. I thought, OK, well this must be fairly true to life. So, um, I've only seen the, w- the one episode, right? Because the BBC are, are releasing it one by one and t- tomorrow night will be the second one. But I thought as an opening episode, it made a very, very good stab for what I believe the show is going to be, right? obviously it's not just pure comedy because it's taking place within uh you know a, a, a maternity wards so this isn't called called the midwife yes. right? <laughs> the anti called the midwife right. yeah so i don't think there's always going to be happy endings to every event that takes place here and certainly my my cursory understanding of the of the book is about how stressful this job is and certainly how stressful it is in a public hospital with all of the pressures of like understaffing, underfunding and long hours and fatigue and also sort of this uh, how you know the kind of vocational aspect of the job how you can't just give it up how you can't walk away how you have to show up when they need you you know at one point mm. in the opening episode we see Adam at a stag do at his friend's stag do having just arrived after a very long shift where he's already absolutely exhausted and gets a call saying oh we need someone to come back in and how he has to do that and I, I do think uh, it, it paints a very <laughs> it, you know it paints a very interesting portrayal of how we tend especially and I would say this to, I mean Annie leaving sort Student who finished a mock exam early today and is thinking of putting medicine down as their top choice, <laughs> how society completely and utterly well or certainly school at that point in your life it is completely and utterly glamorised as this incredible aspirant job which it definitely is but it has the worst work-life balance of yeah, any job yeah. going and uh, certainly this I think if, if you're interested in pursuing medicine now and you are 17 years old this would be a good show to watch to just sort of uh, ground you in your expectations of what it might be like And I assume that's is
0: part of the overall story arc as well his kind of Basically, coming to the conclusion that he just couldn't do this. Anymore, yeah, exactly.
1: You know? And and I read an interview with him uh, from 2019 in the Guardian, where he said one of the things that has surprised him so much from this uh, from the publishing success of his book is the amount of junior doctors and other, and other you know, and doctors who, you know, quote unquote made it, if, that, if that's not a terrible thing mm. to say, right, uh, have written to him expressing, you know, or, or confiding in him their own moments of going into toilets and literally just breaking down in tears because of the absolute stress. And he also really makes made a point that he thinks that sort of in the medical profession, uh, certainly within the NHS, I can't speak for, uh, you know, for our system over here, mm. but I can't imagine it is too different that there isn't an awful lot of like psychological support for especially yeah. junior doctors who are completely and utterly thrown in at the deep end and sink or swim kind of mentality, right? And But, you know, the whole thing I thought was very, very, very funny and poignant and zipped along at a beautiful pace um, but the only complaint I will make about it is and this is like a, this is a real I am my mother's son moment there were several times in the episode where I literally just couldn't make out a word that he was saying and you know my mother is wont to watch things with subtitles <laughs> on all the time even though she's not hard of hearing <laughs> and I you know I was sort of thinking yeah she has a point the odd time because he, he, Ben Weisha would have these throwaway lines and I would just completely miss it some of it is medical jargon like medical ease that is being thrown out and I don't need to know that yeah. but a few of them were jokes and I was kind of like what was, what was that what did you just say and I just missed it so that would be my only major complaint and if that's my biggest complaint then I think we're on to a winner
0: but it is th- is mean, I mean that it is a kind of a source of discussion at the moment that people oh, There's and now whether there's truth to it or not but people have a perception that the sound mix in movies as well as in TV shows has got worse for some reason or maybe another. plus also things be, seem a bit darker uh, <laughs> and I don't know if it's like people's eyesight is going or, or whatever but certainly the uh, but certainly the sound mix thing seems to be a, Okay seems well, to well be a maybe factor. I'm not the
1: only one in that but Yeah
0: so yeah and well because like, it would be one imagines very difficult to do a sound mix when it's in a scene where there's lots of bashing and indeed, crashing and, absolutely. and music and, and stuff going on and especially
1: because a lot of his jokes are you know he breaks the fourth wall You uh, so know, he looks ah, and talks right, directly okay. to you so a lot of the jokes are you know him or I suppose his imagination directly in front of the you know the person in stirrups, yes. <laughs> right? Screaming and yeah. shouting. So they're not said at like top voice. They are they are under uh, you know under his voice kind of comments. Mm. So that would be my only thing. If you have access to subtitles, I think definitely. Uh, if 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 you like me, if like if you are like me. They can only add to the enjoyment.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, of course, it probably isn't in the iPlayer, but but of course, we can't access that.
1: Regrettably not, but uh, the next episode is on tomorrow. Unfortunately, sometimes the BBC does repeat things later on in the week, and I couldn't see if, like, you know, at 11 o'clock or midnight on BBC Two, I couldn't see if that happened. I did have a look, but. if you're only going to miss one episode, like, there'll be a recap, I believe, at the that beginning of yeah. uh, yeah, the next one. And better to s- have only missed one than miss it all together.
0: Yeah, okay. So, and you're not going to have missed Mr like not there's no major dramatic plot points we we want to I
1: believe you will have missed one major dramatic plot point that weaves its way throughout the entire season but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully I think they will tease to what happened in the in the recap at the at the beginning of the episode Uh, I'm
0: I'm loving this is going to hurt agree with those thinking about medicine Uh, I was sure my son chose medicine because he watched scrubs (laughs) thinking it was great crack altogether with lots of cupboard sex wow (laughs) Uh, he was in for a bit of a land then wasn't he right Right, okay, our uh, second show today, another one we actually didn't interview the woman herself, obviously, but we did interview journalists about uh, this story some years ago, and it's an extraordinary one. This is Inventing Anna, all episodes streaming now on Netflix. Here's a clip. This this whole thing is a kind of misunderstanding. I I don't belong in here. I, I don't know if I could make it. It's going to be okay. It might not seem like it now but it will be okay it's gonna be okay <laughs> no touching yes are you are you are you pregnant are you just so very very fat pregnant Right okay that's uh, inventing anna all episodes <coughs> streaming now on Netflix so i suppose start off with this woman and uh, what she did which so, is all in the public domain true. so I suppose this yeah. is kind so of spoiler free really. it was
1: this huge article in i think it was 2019 actually in new york magazine published by jessica press written by jessica pressler who an a fictionalized semi-fictionalized version of her is in the show played by anna hard to say Chlumsky uh, late of Veep where she was Amy the kind of assistant to the president there and and she was in My Girl as well and um, she happens upon this story of Anna Delvey who is this German heiress socialite who uh, was sort of rubbing shoulders with the absolute wealthy glitterati uh, of New York and conned them out of all this money and, and how she happens upon the story is it's published in I think the Post the New York Post this like heiress is arrested and no one else seems to think that there's any meat on the bones of this story mm. but like our plucky reporter Jessica who kind of or well Vivian who has a score to settle having been burned in the past really doggedly you know pursues the story despite being like eight months pregnant at the time and having a very much a time limit <laughs> before, uh, before her baby arrives and, and it sort of ruins the story potentially. And the heiress Anna is sort of this enigmatic uh, character. She speaks seven languages. She has a photographic memory. She's, you know, she's a trust fund of a bi- German billionaire, but of course, uh, it's all a shallow lie or, mm. or, or certainly we, we don't know really As you, like I mean I'm, I think I'm on episode six of nine at this point and we still haven't really got to who Anna is and even right, though I, okay. I read I read the story when it was this publishing sensation three years ago I can't quite remember <laughs> everything that happened <laughs> because it was one of these publishing sensations that I was like oh yeah I'll read that and then I have completely forgotten mm. so the most interesting thing about this is that it comes from Shonda Rhimes of sort of the Grey's Anatomy mm. wonder producer and when she signed on with Netflix a couple of years ago, this was the very first thing that she wanted to produce. It ended up being Bridgerton because of Covid. This got delayed. But this was her this was her goal right at the very beginning. And when you watch every episode, it is introduced with a special Netflix and then Shonda Land uh, like little sting. Yeah. And it is very much, you know, Shonda rhymes fingerprints all over that for good and for bad. What she can do, well, for my for my taste anyway, but what she can do extremely well is she generally is a very, very good writer of like multiple people in a storyline, mm. right? So they, you have this big cast and different sort of threads all being pulled in different directions. So on the one hand, you have Anna Anna hobnobbing with the uh, you know the rich and famous and not so famous and infamous, trying to earn money, trying to do this a very very elaborate con in order to get this incredibly swanky private members club built in New York, or opened in New York, and on the other hand you have two separate stories involving Vivian the journalist. One is her in the office where she's been sidelined because of this um, blunder that happened in the past, and that did really happen to Jessica Pressler, but Jessica Pressler knows how to write a story. She also wrote the story about which Hustlers, the movie about the, um the like, pole dancers who, oh, who right. stole okay. all the money. She wrote that story as well. So she has a nose for this kind of thing, mm. right? Uh, so you have her in no longer New York magazine, it is rebuilt as Manhattan magazine where her bosses don't really trust her and she has been sort of <laughs> exiled to what's known as Scriberia with the other kind of not so popular writers but who are all very good and help her out. And they're played by three wonderful character actors, Anna Javere Smith, Jeff Perry, Terry Kinney. They're people you would have seen for the last 20 years on TV and they get a bit of a juicy role here themselves. And then on the other hand, you have her interactions with her husband played by Anders Holm, uh, who is sort of a real, like, downtrodden, oh, but what about me kind of character? <laughs> and then also her interactions with Anna's lawyer, who's played by Arian Moya yet. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's said. You'd know him from Succession, uh, where he's the bearded baddie guy, you know, who's who, who okay. helped Kendall out right in the first season, and and they're no, they're not friends anymore, shall we say? So there's a lot going on, and Chandra Rhimes really does manage to control all of that very, very, very well, but it comes at a price because, <laughs> right? I love brevity, I love short episodes. <laughs> this is not for the faint hearted the, sh- the single shortest episode is 59 minutes the longest okay. of the nine episodes is one hour and 20 something minutes so there is a lot in my opinion to trim here because there's only so many times I can watch uh, Julia Garner of Ozark double Emmy winner doing this very strange but that was that's pretty much all the comments <laughs> that have come in since you started talking are about the accent it's yeah. put people off this strange accent because uh, the thing about Anna Sorrigan Delvey is is she Russian is she German we don't know exactly yeah. what she is yeah. right and in fairness to Julia Garner she went and visited her visited her in prison and spoke to her and said she went specifically for the purposes of getting her accent down whether or not she did it really doesn't matter mm. she's gone with this it's I think she's very good in this role. I really do. I think she's sort of funny, enigmatic. She carries the charm perspective of her. She carries the strange bit of her very, very, very well. For me, the problem is there's too much. There's actually just too much storyline going on here. Like at the end of the day, what I as a viewer, when watching this one, to see is this like this grifter. Yeah, take money from these swanky New Yorkers. And instead, now I'm in this uh, prolonged bit about her friendships with a woman who worked in the hotel and a trainer. And I'm not that into that, right? I want to see the real fancy (laughs) rich people go down. The other thing is, for a show that's about wealth and extreme wealth, I mean, we're talking like billionaires, it looks cheap, right? And by that, I mean, if you compare it to Succession, which is a show about billionaires, I do not spend a single second not believing that these people are billionaires. Everything about them, the way they carry themselves, their style, their houses, their apartments, everything is swanky, right? Mm. It's HBO. This is Netflix. And, you know, I I am increasingly uh, distracted by, and this is a really recurring thing, how, uh, how, how these streamers don't go and film on location in expensive places, which is totally understandable, especially in a pandemic but this sort of terrible green screen uh, thing that has infected our TVs. It was the most apparent in... um the morning show on Apple, where mm. it is like the most appalling green screen I have ever seen for the most expensive show ever produced. Yes. but you know there are times here where I'm watching these people and I can see the you know the, uh, the uncanny valley soft blurred line over their shoulders over what I'm supposed to be looking out at New York, and it's really really distracting. So it's just it it's cheaper that it looks cheaper than it should be if you get yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, and. If, look, I'm not the biggest Shonda Rhimes fan. I didn't love, you know. I liked Grey's Anatomy at the start, and I've waned. It's still going. Fair play to it. But is, is I, it Grey's Anatomy ish? No, it's not. But it is. It's it is maybe a little how to get it away with murder ish, right? right in, okay. It, yeah. Which is another one of hers, right? It is this juicy little kind of scandal. The the framing is all back and forward, uh, where each episode tends to follow one person in Anna's uh, sort of sphere, and then as soon as their storyline is told, they're kind of bye, <laughs> see, I've right, never heard yeah. from again, and it doesn't. It's it's maybe not quite the most satisfying uh, show that it could have been. Lena Dunham was writing also her version of this story at one point. I don't know if that's going to come come out at all, but I'd be intrigued to see what someone else does with this material because for my, you know, for, my, for, for what my opinion is worth, Shonda Rhimes didn't land it. Yeah. Well, she turned it into a soap. Yeah, really, she A plot-driven yeah.
0: thing, whereas... From my memory of it, it was what was very interesting was how credulous so many of these people. These were extremely wealthy mm. people, and in New powerful Yorker. people. Yes, yeah, uh, but only all you have to have is a German accent and saying <laughs> you're and They're going, "Oh, really? You want to be my friend?" And uh, he was a big check, right? Uh, People don't like the accent, uh, and say her accent from Ozark is sneaks in every now and again.
1: I suppose the thing you have to remember about her accent is if you like, because I speak German, I know Germans, and when Germans learn to speak English, they actually learn to speak it with a vaguely American accent. Yeah, like that's that, true. that, that is that a is thing. True. Yeah, so it's a it's a melting it's a it's it's a melting pot accent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of believable. Uh, right, speaking of not so believable, <laughs> our next show is on uh, Wednesdays at 9pm on Virgin Media 1, or you can catch the entire series on the Virgin Media player. It is Generation Dating. Here's a clip. What age are you? I'm 22. Ah, yeah. Uh, 22. Zimbabwe. Have you have you got a boyfriend? Are you looking for a boyfriend? I've just had a, I've had a girlfriend, a few girlfriends. Girlfriend. Um, I had a couple of boyfriends when I was younger, but in the most present, it's been girlfriends, but mostly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I swear, I, I wasn't prepared for it. And I wasn't quite sure it was sinking into me. I just heard the statement and I had to think about it. And, and later on, we had to ask more questions of what exactly did you mean? Boyfriends get in the in the way of your studies or something like that, does it? Interrupt you? Um, no, I just uh, I prefer girls in general. So. Oh yes. Yes. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that that case, just it's been more yes, girls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's life. It's yeah. what You call it, like, you know. Right, okay. Uh, that's uh, generation dating. So it's like old people go on dates with young people. No. There's no possible <laughs> chance of them getting together whatsoever.
1: No, unfortunately not that. That would be certainly interesting viewing. No. So this is taking an older person and a younger person and getting them to essentially befriend each other. Okay. And in the process of that friendship, learning a bit about each other and trying to find a date for their partner. As in, the older person okay. tries to find a date for the younger person. And... A A show like this, look, you know, I I can't say there's any particular great novelty or reinvention of the format here, right? But what I liked about this show was how well... Everything in everything behind the scenes was done right. First of all, a show like this lives or dies on how well it casts its mm-hmm. people, yeah. and that's a very hard thing to do in a small country like Ireland, where there, you know, people are embarrassed to go mm. on these kind of shows. You aren't sixty million people to you know throw their hat in the ring. There are a very small number, and the opening episode where we have Tony and Isabel is especially strong. They have such good chemistry between them. Both of them are make very, like both of them you would take into your heart. They're both extremely likeable. Their back and forth is easy and light and fun. Like that in, you know, that clip there is her coming out to him, right, which is, you know, which she even says was something she was a bit worried about because he's an 82 year old man and she's, a you know, there's 60 years between them, right, right. and a whole lifetime of changes in society between them. Uh, and they, they just get on extremely well and as you're watching, anytime time they're together, the show is really, really, really successful. It's less successful when they're apart. So when they, you know, when they, uh, when their dates, you know, when they're trying to find the dates for the other people, I was a bit unclear as a viewer, like how much actual work each of the participants was doing in the date finding, if you get me right. <laughs> and then when the dates themselves happened and then, the, you know, the, they were actually they were the most successful in that episode. I've watched three of the four. Um, the dates go ahead and they have a meal at a restaurant and then they sort of go away and and then the, the pair meet up again for a debrief of how well it went on and that's the most charming part each episode that I saw, sort of, <laughs> I don't know if romance is really on the cards here, but friendship mm. is on the cards here, and perhaps it sort of made me think like it would. You know, the dating aspect is probably the hook that gets a channel interested, but actually, the friendship aspect is the more interesting part as a viewer, oh. and certainly the much harder sale I would imagine to a TV, you know, to a TV channel and give us your money and I'll show you this old man and we'll be becoming Being friends nice to each other. But yeah. As a viewer. It was really, really, really charming and look, it's Valentine's Day if you're looking for something fairly romantic and uh, not very taxing this is perfect. All right, okay. Uh, Right, so the three
0: shows we were talking about today This Is Going To Hurt it's on Tuesdays at 9pm on BBC One Inventing Anna all episodes streaming now on Netflix and Generation Dating that's Wednesdays at 9pm on Virgin Media One or you can watch the entire thing on the Virgin Media Player Uh, apart from that loads of texts about people not being able to hear oh my gosh I'm so glad dear <laughs> others have problems hearing the dialogue in films over the background noise I have to watch everything with subtitles Alice says have you seen Screw a BBC though I think that was on channel 4 it was on yeah. 4 yeah I liked uh, it yeah but she says no idea what they were saying half the time <laughs> gave up there you go James MC, thanks a million Thank you, you are listening to the non-creep <laughs> show on Newstalk we're going to take a break after that love in your brain